Welcome to Counsel the Word, a podcast of the Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship. I'm your host, Keith Palmer, and today we're going to be talking about counseling as couples. I cannot tell you how thrilled I am today to be with not only my good friend and fellow brother pastor, Terry Enns, the pastor of Grace Bible Church, but also with his wife, Ray Jean Enns. And you guys have been married for how long? 32 years. 32 years. 32 years. Yeah, I and got the number right. That's right. And you've been laboring as the pastor, joyful laboring actually, as the pastor. Actually, yeah. Wait actually, a minute, we haven't been married I've been here 32 years. years. <laughs> been married 35 Okay, so years. let's get the number right. You've been married for how many years? Uh, 35. 35, 35 years, 35. okay. You've been, at the pa- you've been the pastor here for 32 years. That's correct. And Ray Jean has been at your side uh, faithfully helping and encouraging and, and laboring with you uh, for those 32 years. And um, this is great because both of you are ACBC certified counselors. Both of you have been doing ministry together all these years. And uh, we thought we need to sit down and have a podcast on how you guys do couples counseling. Um, so I think it's going to be a great conversation. I'm so glad you guys are willing to sit down and do this. Um, so, so let me just start off by asking you, have you guys always counseled together or how did that start in your ministry together? Yeah, you know, in the early years, we did a ton of ministry together. So the first um, two to three years that I was here, we didn't have children. And that just gave us huge flexibility to do all kinds of stuff. And then um, a little over two years into the ministry here, um, our children started coming. And that really dramatically changed the way we did things together. And... um, it, in, it ended up where I was just doing a lot of ministry things, including counseling on my own. Periodically, Regine would join me, uh, premarital things. I'm thinking about a few in particular that we did together. Um, but that started to change again as the ch- children were getting ready to leave the house. And uh, Regine, why don't you kind of interject about um, how you got into counseling and maybe a, a pastor friend that exhorted and compelled you in that direction? So I've always had a heart for discipling others, um, wanted to um, build into women's lives to encourage them in the good things of Christ. And so typically what I would do is while our children were in school, um, I would meet someone at Starbucks or a bakery locally or even the city park, and we would visit about God's solutions for problems and would would occasionally talk to our, our dear friend, Pastor Keith, about um people that I was visiting with. And Keith would say, you really need to get your certification. And I thought, well, I'm just fine. I don't have to sit behind a desk to disciple people. <laughs> well, and, and, and that is true. However, when you are in a, a counseling room within a church, there is an accountability that um, comes. They, they, the counselees sign a document that says, I'm here under the authority of the church as a counselor, I am under the authority of the church, of my church elders. And, and there's a, an accountability that um, carries some weightiness that um, helps particularly in, in more dif- difficult circumstances. So I started my counseling exam, and it took me 10 years to finish that exam start to finish because I could work on it for a few months and then I had to put it down for a year. And so finally finished it and um, 
still continue to do discipleship and things that were loving and, and helpful to my sisters in the faith and sharing the gospel. And yet the certification gives a, like I said, a weight and it keeps me under the authority of my local church, my church elders. They understand what's going on. They know what's going on. They pray for my counselees. Um, they enter into the the um, life hardships of, of my counselees by praying for them and understanding and knowing what they're going through. So part of what Terry and I had decided to do when I was working on my exam is that we would counsel together as we were able to. And, and God has provided opportunities for us to sit down with people who may not have a crisis in their marriage, but there are hard things. They have um, a terminally ill child or a chronically ill child. They have parents who are facing end-of-life decisions. They have financial issues. They have questions about how do I deal with my neighbors and so it's not always a, a situation where there's the crisis of our marriage is completely falling apart. But to have another couple just a little bit further down the, law, down the road in their spiritual life who says, let's look at the word of God. What does the word God say about your problem? Because God has solutions for every problem. And those problems begin in the inner man. And so what does God say about how I'm thinking, how I'm, what I'm believing? Am I, am I embracing a worldly philosophy about how those solutions are, are met? And, um, when we were even dating, we both had a heart to do ministry and to care for people in their need. And God has just opened up greater and greater opportunities and effectiveness, um, in 35 years of marriage. You know, I appreciate you saying that, and I think this is a good reminder. There are different stages of ministry, especially if you're a couple. And, you know, when children come, you know, that may change the dynamic. Certainly it does. But uh, for all of you out there that are in the empty nest uh, scenario, you can see these can be some of the most significant years of yes. ministry. And I think as yes. I've watched the two of you um, in those years, I would say God has blessed and enhanced your ministry together, especially in the counseling room. So uh, amen to that. And um, that's a good encouragement for all of us uh, as we think about that season. So what sort of scenarios would you guys say would be scenarios where it would be wise or advantageous to do couples counseling? There'd be a variety of situations. I think anytime you have a marital counseling situation, as much as possible, uh, we want to do those as couples. It doesn't always work logistically, but anytime you have a couple, um, you want to do that. Premarital counseling, certainly you want to do as a couple. There even have been a number of occasions where um, we've had someone come to the church, a, a woman that comes to the church seeking counseling, and for whatever reason, um, I've started that counseling process, and very often I'll pull Regine into that. We always try and have a, a female counselor in there anyway, and as much as she's available, then she'll join me. And then that often becomes an opportunity to really flip the roles of who's doing the lead counseling where she can actually take the lead in that scenario, and it doesn't need to be me uh, because she's ministering to a woman. Uh, but especially couples counseling, we have found to be really, really helpful. And honestly, it's a, it's a lot of fun uh, for the two of us. And I think it, it makes both of us more effective as we, as we do that kind of counseling uh, together. 
Very good. Yeah, Regine, from your perspective, uh, advantages that you've seen doing counseling with married couples together with Terry? I, I think one of the advantages is I get to see um, him in a role. You know, I see him in the pulpit regularly. I see him as a father. I see him as a husband. I see him um, as a friend, as a neighbor. But to see him counsel is a great joy because I see him accurately handle the word of God. I see how that word has worked in his own life uh, to change and transform him and to draw him closer to God. And it's just such a privilege to be used by God to see people that you love, friends, family members used by God to take this incredible story of Jesus Christ and redemption to the world. And so counseling for me to watch him counsel is just another element, another um, another facet of this ministry that God has given him. And to see what God has worked in his own heart and how that translates using the word of God to minister to other people in their need. Again, amen to that. And I think it's neat to watch both of you working together in that and and being so effective, um, especially with married couples. You know, you'd think you got a married couple there and they're going to be better served probably in many ways by having a couple there because, Terry, you can speak to the husband, man to man. Regine, you can speak to the wife, woman to woman. In, in God's wonderful design and our differences, um, there are dynamics that a woman is better going to understand about another woman, mm-hmm. man to man. So um, I really think that's a, a way to maximize effectiveness in marriage counseling. Um, are there situations where you guys would say, you know, this is not a scenario that it would be wise to counsel as couples? And maybe you can talk to us about when when other counseling couples are trying to make judgment calls on, is this a case that would be appropriate to counsel couples? Any guidance on when it might be unwise? Well, I think there are times when there's information that one of the spouses is not prepared or able to disclose while there is a spouse in the room for fear of safety or fear of reprisal, that sometimes it's good just to have one-on-one in a quiet room without the, um, the tension of, am I going to get in trouble for, the, for saying this later on? Um, and, and that's often a wisdom issue because regularly we don't have the data to know for certain that we need to split them up. But having a quiet, one-on-one time that's de-stressed without the tension of whatever is going on between the two of them, where she or he can say, this is what's happening, and then that gives me the opportunity, gives Terry the opportunity to check that data that's been possibly exposed so that we can we can carry on. And, you know, that would be abuse issues which have a wide range that might be there there's a financial issue that I'm afraid if I tell it's going to get me in trouble it may be um, you know she's going to come unglued if I mention you know what she does and how she does it so that there are times to separate just so you can gather data and perhaps more accurately or at least have a trail to follow to see what what is accurate in the data that you, you've been given. I think sometimes, too, we have 
taken couples and broken them apart or separated them intentionally for a, a period of time. We try and give them a, you know, we're looking at four weeks or six weeks or whatever it is where we're going to be counseling separately. Um, I think about cases like where there's significant sexual sin and we want to walk each of them through issues. There's a big difference between counseling someone who has sinned in that way and someone who's been sinned against in that way. And you can maximize time and effectiveness if you're counseling them separately. Um, so we'll do that for a season and then draw them back together. Uh, periodically, we've had couples where it was just really clear one was um, much further along in their spiritual life and another one was lagging way behind. And in order to, to help them, um, it just became better to, to separate them for a time. Or there was such significant conflict between them in the room that in order to get any work done and not just not just be dealing with immediate conflict all the time, we separate them, help them deal with those issues, and then bring them back together. So um, it's not been infrequent, though we always, the goal is always, this is a separated counseling for a period of time, for a specific purpose, and then we're going to draw you back together again as soon as we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's really helpful. Really good advice there. Uh, you know, often in couples counseling, when we're dealing with a married couple, we're not seeing a husband and wife that are spiritually at the same level. Often one of the spouses will be more mature. Another might be less mature. There may even be one who's a believer and one who may not be a believer. Yeah. Um, talk to us about how we ought to address the problem of a couple that may be in different places spiritually in terms of how you guys would approach counseling them. The question is, how do you, how do you understand who has mastered the principle that is being taught in that session or in the previous sessions and who has fallen behind, who has not quite gotten the, the biblical principle? And so what we want to do is stretch the one who's mastered the principle and and encourage them and reinforce to them you you may be the more spiritually minded person at this moment you may be better taught at this moment and that gives you the responsibility of being more patient and gentle and long suffering with your spouse who's still on you know still a ways behind um, and so we want to encourage them in that and encourage them in and here's some homework that will help you to, um, as you've mastered this principle, this is another principle to consider. Or let's give you some resources that will help you to, um, to, to stretch you as we're also bringing along this, this weaker brother or sister. Um, we never want to crush the person who's weaker and we never want to encourage pride in the one who's stronger. Um, we, we want them to be together. And if this is a husband, how is he going to love his wife? By being patient and gentle with her as she takes on new principles that she may never have heard before. Also encouraging a wife, you may be more spiritually minded at the moment, but that does not give you a, a privilege to, to beat him over the head with your Bible and tell him we have to go to church or this is how we have to raise our kids. Um, let him see your good and quiet behavior that demonstrates the bounty and the beauty of Christ so that he is enticed and seduced by 
the beauty of Christ in your life to want to to want to be that kind of man and being wise about the homework that's given um and and asking God to continue being prayerful to ask him please please unite these hearts they are one in flesh make them one in spirit together yeah i think one of the things we can uh, also do is encourage the one who is stronger um your your wife may be lagging behind you this is a great opportunity for you to practice endurance this is a great opportunity for you to practice patience and let's be mindful of the fact that even while you may be spiritually strong in particular areas there are there's no one yet who has been perfected before Christ you don't you have not perfectly attained so let's let's start digging around and and exposing some other areas of life where you need uh, particular growth and maturation as well and let's be honest as well even even though they have may have largely one one member of the couple may have largely mastered particular principles there's always an opportunity for growth i don't know how many times i've been sitting in the counseling room either by myself or with regine thinking oh i need to go home and talk to regine tonight <laughs> and seek some confession or seek some clarification or um, acknowledge that I have some air, some room to grow. And while it may appear to one to be, well, this is just remedial, uh, we're benefited by hearing the same truths over yes. and over again. Oh, yes, absolutely. So it, it has struck me. I just read uh, the, the Petron epistles again last week and how often Peter uses the words uh, remember, remind, uh, call to mind, and he, and his ministry largely is, hey, you guys already know this, but let me just remind you what you already know. Well, um, I need that. Regine needs that. Keith Palmer needs that. Every counselee that we have needs that. Um, so the stronger one, we can really reinforce that to him that, um, or her. Um, this is, this is not wasted, even though you know these truths. Well, one of the dynamics of uh, couples counseling is trying to honor biblical complementarity. Uh, we, we believe that God, uh, designate certain roles for men and women in the context of ministry in the local church. And we want to honor those in the counseling room. Um, so tell us, how do you guys think about the application of complementarity when you do couples counseling, ensuring that we're not putting a, a female counselor in a place where she would be teaching or exercising authority in a direct way over a man in that? How do you guys think about that topic? Yeah, we think about it quite a bit um, and try to be really careful with that. Um, so whenever we're counseling couples, this is, this is not just with Regine and me. This is with any any couple that would be counseled in our ministry, uh, that the man is always going to be the lead counselor with that. Um, but we're, we set up the room. We're sitting side by side uh, facing the couple across the table. So Regine is, is right next to me. Um, I'm going to be leading the session. I'm going to be the one checking homework, um, asking all the questions. I'm going to be the one that's going to be uh, opening the Bible, explaining the Bible, leading the discussion. At the same time, um, Regine is not afraid to interject and um, ask questions. So she'll be able to speak directly uh, both to the husband and to the wife. It's really helpful to have her in there particularly from the standpoint of ministering to the woman, because a lot of times a woman will look at me and look at what I'm saying about a biblical text, perhaps First Peter chapter 3, 
And and I'll see her nodding her head and kind of rolling her eyes at the same time. It's like, well, you're a man and you don't understand. And um, it is it is a great opportunity for Ray Jean to do um, a little bit of sanctified getting into her <coughs> kitchen, where she can she can really um, address that issue with that woman and affirm the reality of what the scripture says. It also is helpful to her to be able to speak to the guy and ask questions of the, of the man. And she has done that with great excellence um, where she'll ask questions. Um, she'll, as you know, Keith, she is uh, has a propensity for asking leading questions. So she's looking for a particular piece of information when she's asking a question. And um, and she'll ask those questions of him, and and that's really really helpful. Um, maybe Regine, you can talk for just a minute about how you're thinking about questions and your role uh, as a counselor holding to the complementarian position. Well, I think one one thing that I've I've heard from women who want to counsel with their husband is, well, it's just a passive role. You're just kind of sitting there. Um, while the counseling is going on. And, and the first thing I would say is it is not a passive role to be in the counseling room as, as a wife and as a, a fellow counselor because my, one of my goals is to be praying for this precious couple who's sitting across the table from us. So rather than just passive and, you know, working on a grocery list in my mind or whatever, I am actively praying Lord, would you, would you give grace to this couple? If, if one of these people is not a believer, would you bring your redemptive story to the life of this person, this image bearer that you have died for? Would you bring the, the majesty and the glory of Christ to their understanding that they might turn from their sin, repent of it, and, and, and know the joy of their Lord? As their salvation. So one thing I regularly pray for is um, Philippians 2, 3. Uh, Do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourself. So I'm praying that for me and for Terry, that we're considering this dear couple as more important than ourselves. But also, Lord, would you teach this truth to them? Would you, uh, as as verse 4 says, um, would you help this dear couple not merely to look out for their own interests, but also for the interest of the other? So praying, praying during this time, it's, it's a very active time to be praying. Um, but also I'm following along. What, what in the story am I missing and not hearing? Um, I'm trying to look at them. You know, Terry's taking notes, and typically he takes notes on his iPad. And so every now and then you'll just, as a counselor and you're taking notes, you, the counselee sees the top of somebody's head. And I want to make sure that I'm making eye contact with them as he's taking notes, that I'm smiling at them, that I'm encouraging them, that I'm nodding their head, that I'm giving them affirmation that we want to be here and we want to hear your story. So I'm praying. I'm trying to affirm them um, with smiles and eye contact. Um, but I'm also thinking through what part of this story have they not thought to communicate or they haven't had an opportunity to communicate yet? And then I'm also thinking through what kind of connections from what they already know about the Bible, what do they already know, 
and how are they using what they know now? And so often people don't have a full story of what the word says. And so I'm praying, Lord, would you give them a receptive heart, a teachable heart? So when this, when this principle, this truth, this commandment comes through to them, that they are prepared and ready to hear it. So it's an active role. I'm, I'm thinking through the questions of what, what I would want to know. And, and I want to interject them as a question. So for instance, I didn't hear what you did during these two to three years, this time period that we're, that we're unaware of. Tell me about this past relationship that um, you've just alluded to. Tell me, you know, can, can you fill us in on how you are disciplining your children um, during the summer months when it's, you know, a little bit harder and there's no school? Tell me how you, as a wife, relate to your husband in the company of your in-laws. Just kind of fill me in on details. So it's it's a very active role, being attentive, being prayerful, affirming their, them as they're telling their story. We want to hear your story, and we are here to help you. And look, can I just add sure. one more thing? Just yep. because yep. we're complementarian doesn't mean that uh, a woman can't interject into a man's life and, and um, encourage, even at times exhort uh, in a biblical manner. And I mean, certainly a, a good wife is constantly doing that for her husband. And I think a, a female counselor can have a similar kind of role. So as I'm, I'm walking through a text, um, she can address the husband, Regina, and I've seen her do this. She can address the husband and draw out some implications from that text for their marriage. Uh, I'm, I'm, there's this vision I have in my mind of a, a couple that we were counseling premaritally many, many, many years ago. Uh, it was the last session before the wedding, and we were sitting around the dinner table. The dishes had been cleared off. Dessert was done. We're just talking about the ceremony. And we were talking about their involvement in church and where they were going to go spiritually and so on. And I saw Ray Jean just about crawl across the table, put her finger in the young man's face and said, she needs you to lead her. And this look of pure terror <laughs> in his face. And then I looked at his, his fiance and she's sitting over there nodding. And that was just a, I don't think she was usurping anybody's authority. But she's drawing the implication, you're the leader, you're the man, you need to lead. And she was able to communicate that in a very compelling, very direct, convincing, <laughs> convincing compelling way. And, and I, think, um, I think a good female counselor can do that. Obviously, we need to be careful. But she's in the room and she can help him understand this is, this is what the text means. We know the text means this. Now let's think about how that plays out in your life. And help him help him understand all of those implications. Yeah. Um, how, how is your wife receiving this? When you say this, how does she receive that? Mm -hmm. yeah, that's good. That that's I have found that to be particularly helpful. Yeah, that's good. Well, this has been a great conversation, guys, and I appreciate your your willingness to sit down and chat and, and share some of these dynamics with us. Do you guys have any particular resources that you found helpful on either counseling as a couple or maybe counseling couples in particular? Well, Mark Shaw always does such an excellent job in everything that he writes. Um, he has a pamphlet called Hope and Help for Marriage, which I have regularly gone to. Stuart Scott, again, excellent communicator, excellent writer, 
anger, anxiety, and fear I have used with couples and um, singly in, in the counseling room. I've used it for my own heart. Um, and then Martha Peace, the excellent wife, she just so encourages women to do the thing that is biblical um, to the glory of Jesus Christ and um, just appreciate the care and the craftsmanship they have in in their writing. And those are resources that I come back to again and again. Yeah, I, I don't know of a whole lot of resources, and maybe you, maybe you have some things, Keith, at the top of your mind um, about counseling as a couple. Um, there was a really helpful book that came out, I think, a year or two ago, Counsel for Couples by Jonathan Holmes, uh, a biblical and practical guide for marriage counseling. Um, and the first half dozen chapters are about just the basics of marital counseling. What does this look like? And then he, he gets into the, some of the specifics, the common problems you see in marriage, things like uh, adultery and pornography and unbelieving believer, um, a lack of contentment or satisfaction, abuse, um, communication, problem with children, um, loss of, of uh, infant, so a, a death of an infant or a, a miscarriage or infertility, those kinds of things. Um, in-laws and outlaws, <laughs> as he calls the chapter mm-hmm. title. Uh, really, really helpful resource, and, um, and I found that to be helpful just thinking through how we're going to minister to couples. Very good. Well, Terry and Mary Jane, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing a bit of how you guys do couples counseling. And again, the Lord bless you as uh, he uses both of you together um, in your ministry to others. Thank you, Keith. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Counsel of the Word. For more information on the Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship, uh, you can visit us uh, at our website at thecbcd.org.